Rayanne, we are back again. You know, every time I start, I say Rayanne, but we're not going to get into that. Ray, we're back again, and we have a great, great guest with us. Uh, she's the creator of Star versus the Forces of Evil. She's currently working at Nickelodeon. We have Darren Nefsey with us. Darren, how are you today? Hi, I'm very good. Yeah. The, you know, uh, quarantining along with everyone else. <laughs> yeah, it's been such an odd time. Just such an odd time, and it's gone on for, I think, much longer than anybody anticipated it going on, but... You know, vaccine around the corner, it seems like. Let's hope it can go back to normal soon. Yeah. yeah. Fingers crossed. Let's hope. Yeah. I, I hope so. Yeah, it is funny when you think back. Like, I remember back in our Nickelodeon office, it was sometime in March, you know, they had this meeting with everyone and it was like, okay, we're all going to go home for two weeks and then we'll be back. And it was like, okay. And then of course, you know, nobody's been back. Um, I'm just so glad I took all the food out of my office because I tend to oh. keep a lot of snacks around and I have talked to other people who left their food and who knows what that looks like now. Oh, it looks like and smells like you guys are going to go in and have a brand new smell you've never smelled before <laughs> just sitting in that office with some yeah, of the food. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll see if the office isn't just like taken over by like moldy oranges or something. Oh. We'll see. Isn't that not the worst part about the moldy oranges are? You don't notice it at first until you really get in and look at it because it usually crumbles from the inside. It's all the fruit. It's just, Ugh. that's rough. That's, that's going to be rough. But you know what? It's a weird time. So <laughs> it just falls right into it. Uh, before we start, I want to say congratulations on your new baby boy. Thank you. Um, now, I, yeah. we did a ton of research. And one thing I could not okay. find, what's, what's uh, the baby boy's name? You know what? I'm actually, I've uh, been keeping that under wraps. Oh, I, uh, okay. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, you know, not for any, like, big reason. Just, you know, it was one of those things with, like, you know, internet presence. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's so complicated. And I definitely feel like it's something that I am never sure how much to put out there, how much to not put out there. And I have a really public Instagram and Twitter. And I was just like, you know what? I think, I think the baby doesn't need to be on any of these things. So you know, was, I, I appreciate I that so much. That. I appreciate that so much. Cause <laughs> I, you can go on any social media and there'll be people that post thousands of pictures of the kids. And you're like, you know, anyone can see this, right? Like, like, I get you love your kids and, and you should have some pictures of them, but like, you got to keep, you know, you don't want it to become public domain of everything about your kids out there before your kid can even walk, you know? So I appreciate yeah, and that. I'm, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not judging anything anybody else wants to do. It's just, yeah, kind of a personal decision on that front. But yeah, I mean, the baby's been awesome and it's been like, I don't know, weirdly, so like, you know, I keep like for all the things with the COVID and the quarantine and all that like I feel really lucky like the second the baby was born I was like oh okay I was gonna be home anyway like this is great now I have something to do and I don't feel uh you know it's just been like kind of awesome and then I actually you know went back to work uh recently which is of course working from home so I still get to see my baby a lot I mean it just it's kind of been working out well have to say on that front i'd still rather it not you know i'd still rather us you know be back in the office and all have the vaccine and everything but um 
but I'm trying, trying to be positive. Yeah. Now I, it's already a stressful time having a kid. How stressful was it during COVID? I, I imagine it had to raise the level a thousand percent. Well, definitely it was weird. Like all the things with like having the baby. Cause you know, it's like, uh, went to the hospital in a mask and then they gave me a COVID test when I showed up and then my husband had to wear a mask through the whole labor and you know, all that stuff. And then we weren't even in the hospital very long. And then, you know, I mean, you have a new baby, you kind of feel like, oh, uh, the grandparents will be there. People are going to show up. No, it's really just us with this baby for three months, you know? So, uh, but, but, but good. I mean, again, it, it really, like, I feel like the stuff with the baby has been really nice. Like that hasn't been hard, but the, the, the there is just that weirdness, you know, well, <laughs> in the air. It's nice that your husband was able to go in with you because a lot, a lot of times you go into the hospital for anything and no one's allowed in with you. And at any point, any circumstance, no one's allowed in with you. So it's really good that he was also allowed in with you. I mean, completely different circumstance having a kid. It's nice to have someone there by your side, but I, I've seen people that are. Yeah, no, I did hear. I did hear. I did hear at the very beginning they weren't allowing, uh, you know, partners. So that yeah, that would have been terrible. So yes, true. (laughs) Good. It's all good. uh, Let's switch over really quick. So when you're pitching a show, what are some steps to doing that process? Like I have no idea. If I wanted to go pitch a show today, I would be lost. I have no idea where to even start. So what are some steps to doing that? Oh, man. Well, I will say that it helps to be working in the industry that you want to pitch something to. So, like, for pitching a show, if you're working in animation already, it's not that hard to set up and do it. So, like, say you were a storyboard artist or a character designer or somebody working at a studio like Nickelodeon or Disney, you could kind of pretty easily you know, you're in the same building with all the executives you pitch to. I mean, it's pretty easy to talk to somebody, you know, the assistant of one of the executives and set up a pitch meeting. Um, uh, so so that's, <laughs> that's a good step one. Or like with me, I started pitching when I was in college at CalArts, um, which of course is a college that's really connected to the animation industry. So, you know, a lot of our teachers were working in the studios and, you know, people that I had you know, maybe known as a freshman who were seniors at the time, had been working a couple of years, and they could give me contacts, you know, so, uh, so it does help if you're just like in the industry. Um, If you're not, that might be a little bit harder. Like, I would say people that want to pitch shows, I would try to get in on a job on an animated show. Um, I, I even think if you are, you know, a PA or, you know, any kind of job on a production you could make those contacts pretty easily. And you said that you're currently working at Nickelodeon and you've said that you're working on something. Um, can you tell us maybe what you've been working on? Yeah, well, I um, at Nickelodeon, I have a development deal. So I um, have actually two shows that I'm developing for them. Um, and I can't say too much about what they're about or anything like that, but Um, But that's been really great. So I've been able to just really focus on these two ideas and make a really nice, you know, pitch Bible and pitch packet. And I'm, you know, storyboarding one of them right now. And, you know, just trying to, you know, basically going through all the steps I did on Star uh, when I pitched that to Disney, except that 
you know, I didn't have a development deal then, so it was just something I was doing on my own and then trying to, you know, now it's like, oh, this is awesome. I get like, uh, you know, a, a salary to develop these ideas. So I've been really getting to, you know, just do research and focus on them and, um, I'm working with a writer that I actually worked on with Star, and um, yeah, it's been, it's been great. And then, yeah, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know if they'll get picked up and become shows, uh, but I'm really hoping one of them does because I'm very excited about both ideas. Yeah, so talking about Star, when you created Star vs. the Force of Evil and you got finally greenlit by Disney, what length were you hoping to get out of it? Or were you just so excited it became a show you didn't even think that far ahead? Oh, sorry. What was the question? What what length? What length, like seasons wise? What length were you hoping to get out of it? Were you hoping uh, to get a bunch of seasons, or you just ha- so happy to get one that you weren't even thinking about it? Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, I mean that that would definitely be thinking ahead on like how many seasons. Yeah, I think probably the later. Like I was just so thrilled that they picked it up and wanted to do it. Um, and I, I don't know. And I, you know, different people have different thoughts on this. One star was happening. You know, you never know if you're going to get another season most of the time. Um, at least by my experience, it's like we never knew if we were going to get another season. So you were always hoping. Um, uh, but, but yeah, you know, and, and yeah, I know the season thing could be like a little, a little interesting because there wasn't like a plan to how many seasons. Um and even though, you know, and I was so lucky, like, I was so glad and so lucky that we got to do four seasons, because that's, that's kind of a lot. I mean, especially at Disney, it's very rare for a show to get four seasons. Um, so by the time we got that far, I was pretty sure they wouldn't pick up another season. But again, you just, you don't know. And I think especially with a crew, like as a showrunner, I felt very responsible for my crew. You know, you end up employing, like, I think at our max, we were about 56 people in-house. Um, so as long as Disney wanted to do the show, I would have done the show. Um, uh, if anything, you know, for the crew, I uh, <laughs> keep keep it going. Um, but no, there wasn't like some plan of like, oh, we're going to be done after, you know, three seasons or after four seasons or whatever. So how much of the story did you have written? Wow. Written as you completed each season. I wish I could talk today. <laughs> Do, do it again. Do it again. I, <laughs> you know, okay. So, so sort of our process, um, and you know, TV is super fast paced. Like it's, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because it's so much different than like a feature or something where you have like all of this time. But basically what we would do is I would get some time with the writers at the beginning of each season and we would kind of hatch out some story arcs. So we would get like a week or two to do that where we're trying to figure out like, okay, let's uh, this are these are some overall things we want for this season. Um, and we put it up on a board and kind of figure that out. And then we would start writing our individual episodes after that, uh, which pretty much we had to write an episode a week um, is how it times out. Uh, and then because we had these story points, we would kind of just figure out like, okay, you know, we know that we want there to be this turn here, you know, this thing with Ludo, or we need an episode that does this. And then, you know, we would try to maybe work it into different plots as we were writing our weekly episodes, right? If that makes sense. Um, 
but yeah, it was a little bit more general. And then we would kind of hatch them out as we got to them weekly. But I did feel like doing those meetings at the beginning is how we got those really great story arcs. Um, that's what we were doing there, like hatching that out. Now, you've said if you got the chance, you would absolutely continue. What do you think the chances of that happening are? <laughs> I know there's so many, so many, uh, I get that question a lot on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I would say not, not uh, probably, well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it was, <laughs> I mean, it's really not up to me. It, 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 it. I, I think that there's probably always a chance, especially how quickly things get nostalgic and how people want to like see more of something. Like oftentimes it'll just happen like a few years later even. So I do feel like if Star continues to have fans and be popular and people keep asking for it, I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to do more. Um, and I've certainly expressed that I would be interested in a, you know, I mean, especially like a streaming movie or, you know, something fun or, you know, anything. Um, but of course now, you know, I mean, I'm moving on to other projects, but I would support, you know, <laughs> uh, anything. And if it timed out, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I love Star. I would always be open to more Star. I'd be, I'd be cool to do a book. It'd be cool to do anything. But, uh, you know, it's not, um, not really up to me. You know, it's funny in this day and age, I feel like if you just wait 10 to 15 years, it's going to get rebooted everything's getting rebooted right now. Yeah. I, I, mean, yeah. I, I saw the Animaniacs just <laughs> I, came back. I, I don't even think you have to wait that long. I you know <laughs> sometimes it's even just a couple of years and it's like, oh, it's this again. Now that the gates um, have opened, you might not have to wait at all. It might just be two years and they're like, all right, let's reboot it. Let's do it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like I've been seeing that like, yeah, more and more. I was just reading today, uh, they might be bringing back True Blood, which I feel like has only been off air for like six years. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and it, he was on your show as well. Uh, Dexter is getting rebooted. Um, I think next year they're going to start doing that. Uh, Michael C. Hall's oh, show really? Dexter. Yeah, it's getting rebooted. It's coming back for a ninth season. Uh, Oh, wow. That's so funny. Yeah, you know, uh, why not? Anything could happen. Um, but, uh, but yeah, for now, for now, there's, uh, there's no star. Uh, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's been an interesting process, like having it be done. Um, I had this kind of weird feeling as we were like finishing up the writing. Or maybe it was maybe finishing up the boards. I don't know. Somewhere in the process, I got this really overwhelming feeling near the end of like, oh, my God, is Star going to be okay? Like, she really felt like this real person, you know, like this good friend I, I wasn't going to see again, you know? It was like this really strange um, feeling. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I miss her. Like, I miss her. It, now, do you do anything like not you know not public or anything like do you draw comics of star just to keep the story going for yourself or anything like that because star did come from a, com <laughs> a web comic originally so you do anything like that just for yourself just to keep it going so she doesn't so she's not ending for you you know i i i wouldn't have time for that um but uh but yeah if i did have time i mean that would be cool um you know what's, what's kind of great though is that there definitely are people that have been continuing the star story with oh, comics time. and stuff online. Big yeah, time. Yeah. Big time. It's really neat to see. Um, and a lot of it is so good too. It's like, Oh wow. This is like a cool, <laughs> this is a cool direction. 
but sorry. No, I was, I was just going to say the fan base for star is, is ginormous. Like it's huge. And there's new content with star from like fan base content coming down. I feel like every day I see it come out a brand new comic or something, or just even a picture, like a fan art that's just continuing the story. Like the, the fan base is huge and really strong behind the show. Yeah. It makes me really happy. Um, I definitely had a thought when I was making star of like, uh, you know, I was such a big fan of sailor moon as a kid and, um, of course, you know, I'm, uh, I'm 35. I was not like super on the internet when I was, uh, you know, a teenager or anything like that. But, um, you know, I was making my own characters based off the of Sailor Moon characters and writing stories with them and, uh, you know, hanging out with friends that also like Sailor Moon and, you know, writing scripts and things. And, you know, so it makes me really happy that, that, you know, there could be, people getting behind that stuff um but it is so funny that now you know online there's all this like language for it right you know it's like people are making their own ocs and you know uh, they can really connect to all this like big 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 fan base but um yeah it does make me think of like when i was really obsessed with sailor moon with my friends so we mentioned before that Star is based on a web comic about the same character, Star Butterfly, except she didn't have magical powers, but she believed she did. And yeah. it wasn't until Disney brought up, like, maybe she should just have magical powers that it changed. When you originally pitched this to Disney and to, I believe it was Cartoon Network at first, was that what the show was going to be? A girl that didn't have magical powers, but believed she did? Yeah, and she was a lot younger, too. So she was a fourth grader. Um, but there was a lot of the same characters. I mean, it's funny, I actually think her personality and her look really didn't change. Um, and there was sort of a, a Marco type of character. And there was, um, you know, a lot of her little magic creatures and stuff. Uh, but that's part of, you know, the development thing, uh, which is which is interesting. Um, you know, and it's what like I'm trying to think of the, the easy way to explain things, but it's like, you know, it's one of those things with, with pitching. It's like you, when you go to a studio and you're pitching them your ideas, uh, you know, you're, you're basically going to somebody and going, Hey, could you invest millions and millions of dollars into this, this like thing I came up with in my head? I mean, you know, they're going to want their ideas in it and their ownership on it. And I do think it's really important to be, flexible it's like you kind of have to know what parts of your story and your idea you can be flexible on and what things you don't want to be flexible on you know what things are important to its core so yeah that was one of the things with star that was interesting when i brought it to disney is you know i had this version where she was younger and stuff and you know when i was first pitching it because this was a while ago um i first pitched star I think in 2007 or eight, maybe 2008, it's a long time ago. And, uh, and, you know, I feel like adventure time wasn't even on TV when I first started pitching it, you know, it was like way wow. back there. Um, yeah. Or maybe, but then, but then by the time I, so maybe the first time when I pitched it to Cartoon Network, you know, there was sort of less magical stuff. And then when, by the time I pitched it to Disney, it was like there had been a turn where there was shows like Adventure Time and there was these big magical things. So I think for Disney, they were going, you know, hey, this feels like it could be a big magical thing. Like, do you want to go in that direction? Um, and 
you know, and I, that was really inspired me and I went home and I rewrote it and that's basically the version, you know, was like, okay, well, she does the magic powers. Okay. She's going to be a foreign exchange student from another dimension. And, you know, and then, okay. And then this, this Marco character, he's going to be, you know, the place that, you know, the house that she comes to stay as a foreign exchange student. And, um, you know, all those sort of pieces fell into place. And it was like, okay, and all these little magic creatures that were in her imagination can be real. Because like in the original version, Ponyhead was sort of a figment of her imagination that she would talk to, right? It was like her imaginary friend, which is I think why Ponyhead was like as weird as possible, you know, <laughs> like a decapitated unicorn, flying unicorn head. But I liked that character, so I just kept it. It was like, okay, she's just real now, you know? Um, so a lot of that stuff did stay and it, yeah, it just, it worked. And then that was the version that um, uh, the execs at Disney really liked. And, you know, I was really happy with it. Like I was happy that I rewrote it and that I didn't just go like, no, you know, this is, this can't change or whatever. Cause there's other things that, you know, came up in the process that were questions um, that I didn't want to change. And then I also felt like because I was flexible on other things then I could, um, I could really stand behind the things I didn't want to change. And I will say in the webcomic, if uh, you haven't checked it, I should check it out. Ponyhead looks uh, a little different than she did in the show, in the <laughs> webcomics, just a little bit, a little, little nightmare-inducing uh, kind of Ponyhead with uh, <laughs> drool and blood yeah, coming out. Blood. And- yeah. Out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so a little little bit of a different look but i mean it's a little bit of a different look but at the same time it's not instead of the blood it got replaced with like stars and stuff like that coming out so just a little more kid friendly but about the same look um but going off that i mean yeah. jenny slate does pony head for people that haven't looked or haven't seen the show or whatever whatever rock they're living under um the voice cast of the show is one of the best i've ever heard in a cartoon how were those decisions made were there a bunch of auditions did disney bring people to you did you have people in mind already you know i would say a combination of of everything um i had some really wonderful you know the disney has a really wonderful um casting department so i got to work with um with uh you know their casting department and finding people and just got like especially um rachel i I worked with and she just had some wonderful wonderful uh ideas you know so a lot of times i would just go to her and be like okay you know we need uh we need um you know a male character and they need to be like this or you know we need a villain or we need you know and she would come up with a bunch of ideas um and yeah especially a lot of the major characters we did auditions um like, man, I remember we auditioned a lot of people for Star. Um, and then, you know, Eden came in and just had that, like, perfect energy. And it was like, okay, yeah, this is it. And it's incredible how those things fall into place. Um, yeah, and then other times, you know, uh, yeah, people like Michael C. Hall, it was like, you know, uh, his name. I don't remember if I suggested him or if just his name came up. And it was like, oh, my God, perfect, you know. Um but yeah, that that was lovely getting to work with Disney's casting department. They are really fantastic. And so you just said it. We had a question about Eden, but when she auditioned, did you just immediately know that that's the voice of Star, or did it take a second? What was that thought process like for you? Because you said she was a perfect fit for the role. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, just just I, she was so cute because she was like 
you know, I think she hadn't done a lot of voice acting at that point. You know, she's got like so much energy mm-hmm. and she came to the audition and she like kept jumping around and like hitting the microphone <laughs> and we were trying to get her to like not jump around. So then she would like kind of jump around and then do the line, you know, and it was, yeah, it was awesome. It was so perfect. And then I remember when we called her to tell her she got it, she was like, I don't know. She was just so excited. She was like, oh my gosh, I didn't hear back. So I thought I didn't get it, but then I did hear back. <laughs> so it was just like, it was like, oh, this is so star. I love it. Um, so, yeah, so so. I just have, I have a couple questions from myself about, about the show. Um, at the end of the show, was there any ever thought of bringing Toffee back as the final villain? As the final villain? Um, You know, I I don't think so, at least not where we went with with the ending. Um, You know, there was something that I really liked about, and again, you know, part of it too is like, you know, we never know if we're getting the next season. But I did like that we would have these seasons that would actually get completed, you know, that we would have, you know, an ending to them or an ending to the villain. But I will say, I mean, I do think Toffee's presence is, is always around for sure. And it's funny to say you and didn't maybe know. there'd be more i don't know see these, these are the things that are hard for me to answer because i don't like and i feel like i did that with the ending too where it was like i, I wanted to feel like a completed ending which i feel like it, it did i think a lot of the fans might disagree uh but i wanted it to feel like we had done a completed ending but also we could write more if we got more of the show or if it ever get picked up sometime um so yeah, I, but, for, I I enjoyed season three and four. And when I see so many people that just like talk about how they didn't, I, you got to understand, first of all, this, the story has to move in different directions. If you keep doing the same story over and over, it's going to, you're going to get the same reaction anyway, that people are like, oh, it's just the same story again. I enjoyed it. Don't, that was the only big thing I was like, I felt like Toffee was going to come back, but I do have a question. So you said that you didn't know if you're gonna have another season. Did you write? the season four story arc before they told you that four was going to be it? I mean, like I said, I feel like I was pretty sure four would be it, but I didn't want to be just in case I didn't want it to be so ended that we couldn't do anything else. If that makes sense. Uh, but, but just because like getting four is hard, but they don't tell you, I mean, you really usually don't find out. I mean, you are definitely done with all the writing by the time you find out if you're getting another season, at least that was uh, my experience. So, um, and I do think maybe we were being a little cocky with our season three ending because it was uh, definitely on a cliffhanger, but uh, we had had a good track record. So I was hedging my bets on that one. Um, uh, sorry, did I lose track of what we were talking about? Okay. Um, I got I got another one for you. We'll go. We'll just go to the next one here. So in the book of spells, which oh, okay. is wait, but I said, well, wait, oh. but what was the question again? Because I feel like there was I missed something. Sorry. What was the, oh, I said. Question? So the question was, uh, did you hear that season four was going to be it before uh, you finished writing? Oh. Like, did you already finish the writing as that happened? Yeah, yeah, because you just don't know. You never know. Um, oh, but oh, I know what I was going to say with the with the ending. Um, 
it's interesting though because I do feel like in some ways there are and I think some people really love the ending and I really love the ending but I do know that there's some fans that felt you know unsatisfied with the ending but then also I feel like they mostly just seem mad that it's ended <laughs> like, yeah. when it comes down to like what they're actually upset about it seems to be just that there's no more um so you know it's just it's what happens it's it's, it's hard to end things too it really is uh you know it was funny the star finale was on the same it premiered on the same day as the game of thrones final episode which i thought was really funny <laughs> <laughs> which of course that ending i think a lot of people uh, uh you know uh, maybe didn't love but you know as somebody that works in tv i feel like i just have such an appreciation for anything getting made it's so hard and you have to move so fast so um yeah. Like, yeah. like I said, I enjoyed the, I love the new world when they go to Muni off of Earth. And I enjoyed the storylines. And Eclipsa is one of the best characters to be introduced in the show. Just an amazing character. So, like, I, I agree. I think the, the, with the ending, people are, they got to be mad about something. You got to be mad about something, right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you hear that people say, like, oh, I couldn't stand the end of that show. More than you hear, that was an amazing ending. You hear it so much more. And I'll watch the show and I'm like, that wasn't a bad ending. That was actually a good ending. What are you guys mad about? But gotta be mad about something. But so you know, I think I think people want I think what I've learned is like I think what people want is for every single little plot line and every single question to be sort of wrapped with a little bow of like, okay, this is exactly what it is, you know. Um kind of almost makes you think of like the six feet under ending where you literally see how everybody dies um I kind of feel like people want that but I have to say I don't particularly like that type of ending like I like things to be a little bit more open-ended kind of like what I was saying with the Sailor Moon stuff where it's like I wanted people to have space to play and write for the characters and have fun with it you know um yeah that's how I feel about it so over the years, has been hard to get that criticism from fans or have you just kind of taken it in stride and it is what it is? <laughs> oh, it's fine. I mean, you know, I, again, I don't really understand kind of, I kind of, you know, have a, a probably like everybody, like probably a love hate relationship with the internet. I have met so many absolutely wonderful, awesome fans of star and I've gotten to do these fan events, you know, at comic con and like, Oh my gosh, one like all over the world. Um, I got to go to Mexico city uh, for creativa, which was insane. I mean, there were just like lines out the door to see my panel and I got to meet all these wonderful people and like click animation festival in Amsterdam, all these cool things. Right. But then there are, a lot of people online that I do feel like they're really, uh, they're just like really rude about things. And it's so strange and it's so what? funny because, and I don't usually respond, but if you ever do respond, then I feel like it flips all of a sudden, you know, then it's like, oh my gosh, like you're, you're talking to me. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> How do you work in animation? You know, it's like, oh my God, these people, you know, like they'll say something really rude. And then if you respond at all, they want to know like, how to get a job in animation <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like i think uh, i think it was either jimmy kimmel or jimmy fallon when robinson cano left the yankees had yankee fans go up to this giant poster of his face and yell bad things at him and then he walked from behind and they're like oh my god i love you robbie <laughs> it's like it's the same thing online <laughs> i feel like like you say something but then if they yeah. respond they see it it's like oh i love you though <laughs> 
They do. They want to dish yeah, the criticism until they know you see it. Yeah, I know. I think they just want to get. They just want to get your attention most of the time. Um, yeah, it's such. It's a bizarre thing. I don't. Don't know if I totally get it, but uh, you know, it's fine. It is what it is. I'm happy. You know, I'm happy that I get to make things and work in cartoons and do what I love. Um, and you know, you hope people like it. I mean, I do think most people did like the ending. Um, but I do think really, it's hard to take criticism. I think like anything, it's probably the the mean things that people say stick to you the most somehow when you created star did you ever think it was going to become one of the best cartoons of the 2010s <laughs> uh is it i mean that's oh that's that's, pretty that's cool. not that's um, a fact that's not an opinion that is a fact <laughs> uh no i you know i again just i was so thrilled to get to make it um it was definitely something I've wanted to do since I was a little kid uh, was, was make this show. So, um, yeah. Uh, you know, I would also say when you're in it too, like when I was like, I can't believe, oh my gosh. I think I was probably, I don't even know the timelines anymore. What, six years, eight years, I was one star full time at Disney, like nonstop. Um, I, uh, you're so in it, you know, it's like the whole, my whole world was just making the show for such a long time. Um, uh, I don't know, maybe I lost track of the question again, but yeah, it's, uh, it was a cool thing. And so before we wrap here, wow, before we wrap up here, what is some advice you would give to someone that's trying to make it an animation, trying to fill your shoes? Got any advice for the people? Uh, who want to make it in animation. Mm-hmm. Um, so so to just get any job in animation or like to pitch a show? I think just to get their foot in the door. Foot in the door. Um, uh, again, you know, for me, I went to CalArts and that really helped a lot. Uh, but that's certainly not the only way to do things. But at least I know for me, uh, that was a really great way to get in because that college just has like so many connections with uh, with the industry. Um, gosh, and everything changes all the time, doesn't it? I used to tell people, you know, it was really important to move to LA, but now with all the COVID stuff, that actually seems a little less important all of a sudden. Um, uh, although maybe it'll come back to being very important. Uh, <laughs> but uh, how do you get in? How do you get in? I wish Drawing I is important. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> well, okay, okay. I mean, uh, so on Star, right? We had people that, like, like one of my absolute best board artists. Uh, uh, well, a couple of my best board artists had like really normal jobs. Like one of my best board artists, Ariel, who's like amazing. Uh, she had Star fan art online, and one of my directors had seen it and was like uh hey this girl's like really funny and she draws really well and we sent her a test and she nailed it and we hired her as a storyboard revisionist and she was like an awesome revisionist and we moved her up to board artist real quick and she's still at disney doing boards and um you know and i she had been working at a starbucks i think when she did the test so you know i do think that that is one of the cool things about the internet is like if you are really good people will see it um i'm working with a really awesome artist right now uh 
who was in college uh at, I forget what school he was in, you know, uh maybe in our where was he? I don't know. But anyway, he lives in Texas and he's like, I don't know, 22 or something. And his drawings are absolutely amazing. And I'm working with him on this Nick project just because I saw his stuff on Twitter. Um, so I do think that that is like a really cool thing about uh, about online. Um, also, a lot of the studios do have like Nickelodeon in particular has a lot of really good internships and apprenticeships and like you know, if you can get in on any job, again, even if it's a PA or something, it makes it a lot easier because you're there. I mean, you have to do a good job, though, as a PA. You can't, like, come in as a PA and then not do your PA job and just, um, you know, do storyboard tests or whatever. But, you know, you could come in and then, like, ask for a storyboard test or ask one of the artists to look at your portfolio or, you know, that makes things um, a lot easier. Uh, and, oh, here's a, here's a good one. Here's a big one, because this is what they had us do at CalArts. And I owe everything to this, is that they made us make our own films. Uh, and we had to do it four times. So that's basically what you do at CalArts in the spring semester every year is you make a film and you have to do the whole thing. So you have to rate it. You have to storyboard it. You have to do all the layouts. You have to design the characters. You have to do the editing and learn the editing software. You have to learn the recording software and like find actors if that's what you want to do. If you want to music in it, you got to go find a composer, or, you know, find music. You have to do every single part of the process. Um, and you just learn so much doing that. You learn absolutely so much doing that. I mean, I, you know, got my show picked up. And of course, I had never run a show and I had to figure out how to do that. But in a way, it's just a bigger version of making your own film. <laughs> You're just working with a bunch of other people as opposed to, you know, doing everything on your own. But knowing how all the pieces connected was so valuable. Um, and I would say for anybody that's especially interested in like storytelling or interested in animation, why don't you try making a film? You can do that. Uh, everybody's, you know, if you have a computer, uh, you know, if you can get, I don't know, Flash or any kind of software, I mean, make a film, make a film. You will learn so much and you don't need to be at some expensive fancy art school for that. You can do that anywhere. Um, and I would also encourage people to make a film and like not put it online necessarily because your first film is probably going to suck. Um, but just make a film for the sake of making a film to learn as a learning process. Because um, also if you can get through doing that, Again, you're going to learn so much. You're going to get better. Uh, and then, yeah, it's, it's, that would be my advice. Make a film. Just make a film. Darren, thank you so much for joining us. Take a time of your day to answer some of our questions. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Was I too rambling? Should I do anything? I no. <laughs> no, that was great. That was great. Listen, we're not, we're not like most of these interviews. We love rambling and we love talking. Like, that's two key things you can, if, if we get someone that talks more than i do i think it's a, a win in our books it's a win in our books because i also love to talk and ramble so if we get somebody that does it more it's a win in our books but we really do thank you for taking time out of your day to join us and answer some of our questions yeah no problem no problem we'll be right back